Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who have been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. This episode is brought to you by Armed Forces Insurance. Armed Forces Insurance offers personal insurance options specifically designed for military families. To learn more, visit them online at AFI. Dot org, or give them a call at 1-800-313-1936. Now, here's Ashley Peoples. Welcome, everyone, to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. I'm so excited to be with you today. My name is Ashley Peebles, and I actually have my very favorite guest of all because he's my very favorite person of all. I've got my husband, Daniel, here today because we're doing our marriage series, um, and we're calling it Marriage Vitamins. So this is Marriage Vitamin 2. I thought it would be a little awkward if I did all the marriage vitamins and you never got to meet my husband, (laughs) because what if I'm really like a super terrible wife and uh, you guys never know about that. (laughs) So I've got my sweet husband here. And I think if you joined us last week, then you know that we do marriage retreats and we love working with other couples because marriage really is in the promotion of marriage and the proponent of marriage and being champions of marriage is that's really what we love. And I don't think you can fully appreciate your great marriage unless you've been through the poop, like I talked about last week, and we've been through our share of poop. Um, And we love looking at what, look at where we were and what we did to come out the other side and what tips and tricks we can offer our friends and family and just connections to hopefully get them through their rough times to the other side of a marriage that's just blissful happiness. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. He has to deal with me all the time. But is it something that's worth fighting for? 100%. So this is my sweet husband, Daniel. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to do an extension this week of what I talked about last week. I know that I told you a little bit of our story and that um, our favorite book when it co- outside the Bible that comes to you know helping marriages is the five love languages. So we wanted to dive in a little bit more on that because if you look at it in the way we're going to talk about today, I think it starts to make so much more sense um, in a real practical way. So Daniel, if you wouldn't mind just talking about like, I know you heard this somewhere, maybe read about it. Um, and you know, kind of how this whole animal, animal portion concept came come yeah. from. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a book called the noticer by Andy Andrews and he talks about, and it's really, um, in a lot of ways, kind of, a, um, like a, audio biography that he kind of wrote about his time and what happened. And I'll save you the long story, but like, and it's amazing book, highly recommend. It's called the noticer by Andy Andrews. But it, it, but when he was 19, his parents, both of his parents died and, and, and he found himself living in orange beach, Alabama under a pier. Um, and that's where he was at in life. And an old man came and found him and, and kind of his old man's name was Jones. Didn't call him anything, but Jones. And, and he kind of saw Andy there in the, you know, kind of where he was staying under the pier in the sand. And he said, hey, young man, come in and step into the light. And he kind of became a mentor to Andy. And and through all the life lessons that he teaches him along the way, one of the things he talks about is the love languages. And this was really kind of before the love language concept. And I'm a visual person. And so when you tell me, oh, access service, right, words of affirmation, like those, I'm the dullest knife in the drawer most of the time. And so 
like when you when I hear that, I go, oh, that's cool. But does it stick? Does it imprint on my heart? But when I heard this, when I heard the animal side, you go, I got it. It makes sense. It's a story I can remember. And you never forget the love languages after. And now you because of how these animals and how it ties together, we'll go over each one of them. It really is cool how it how you know now just by knowing that love language or hearing it, you can respond accordingly and it starts to make sense. So uh, that's where the concept came from. We added one. I'll tell you about the one we kind of added and and the differences from what the book says to what we've kind of added. But, uh, and, and, and what's cool about it is when we do these marriage seminars, uh, you know, these, these workshops that we get together, um, you know, they take the test and then we, we talk about these animals and they get to wear the animal sticker. Right. Uh, and it's kind of fun. And, it, and, it, and that's why we, uh, that's kind of where this gal came from. And what's awesome about love languages is it's not just with your partner. It's not just with your significant other. It's not just with your family. Yeah. So when we're doing these workshops, these seminars, um, the retreats, once I know how one of my friends receives love, I'm able to show my friends that in the same way. So at these workshops and things, when people are walking around and they're wearing the first sticker, we're going to talk about the first love language is the dog. If they're wearing a dog sticker, I understand that they're words of affirmation. So I can show them. I appreciate them and think about it. Maybe not just as love languages, but appreciation languages. I think if you look at it that way, um, then you, you'll start to seek to understand the people around you and understand how you can appreciate them in turn. So if you see somebody with a dog sticker on and you know, their appreciation language is words of affirmation, you know exactly how to show them that you appreciate them. So like I said, spoiler, sorry about that. But the very first love language that we're going to go over is words of affirmation and it is a dog. So um, I am going to let Daniel talk about that one because he is my, my puppy dog. My wonderful yeah. husband is a words of affirmation. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm words of affirmation. And you think about that, right? Like the dogs and like, what do they need in, in, you know, when you get home from, you know, I, I can tell you like story about our dog bear and Saban. And when, um, when we start to go, Oh, good boy. Or, you know, Oh, good. Like you can see the tail just right. You just get crazy. Right. And then, they're, they start coming up on you and all, and you just keep talking to them. Oh, good boy. Oh, and they have this emotional connection with the positive energy that you're putting out that they, they will be at your side for life. Um, and that, and that's, that's why words of affirmation are so powerful. And, and so when you think about that as a dog, think about this too, words of affirmation cut equally the other way. You know, you think about when you get mad at a dog and you can look at a dog and like, just give it the look. Right. And, and say, bad boy, he immediately cowers down or he or she immediately cowers down. And so that's the thing, right? So words of affirmation. So, so for instance, in my life, right. I could talk to, you know, I could be in a room full of a thousand people and have a conversation or I could do something that is everybody's like, Oh, you're so awesome. Right. But the person that I care most about and her opinion is, you know, hey, like, what do you think? And I need your honest, the honest feedback. And when she tells me, oh, my goodness, it was amazing. It was awesome. Like, and I, I know it's coming from a genuine place, right? That, man, it lightens up. It, like, it doesn't matter what anybody else said. Like, she might as well have told me she loved me a thousand times over, right? Because she's like, hey, you did so well here, here, and here. Um, at the same time, I can tell you early on in our relationship, you know, words mean things to me, right? Words have power to me, right? Not so much to her, 
uh, not so much to my daughter, right? But but for me, they mean things. And so early on in our marriage, before we really knew this, she would joke it like I'd say she'd say something kind of funny, right? Sharp and funny. Because I'm funny. But <laughs> and and you know, <laughs> and it would kind of catch me. And of course, my pride, I can't let her know that hurt my feelings. And one day I was like, hey, that hurt my feelings. And she's like, well, quit being a lily. Well, right. And now that's another like now I I, I put another callus up or put, kind of put my defenses up. So if you're only listening to this on the podcast and you can't see me hanging my head in shame no, or no. my embarrassment, I learned from it. We are still married. It's been a long time. I'm sorry. Continue. And so, they can't see my shame. So I have to say <laughs> no, it out loud. <laughs> so, but no, but that's, that's the truth. So think about that, right? If you've got somebody like you, if you go online and you take the love language test, which I think you could take um, and you and you see that you or your spouse or even your child is a words of affirmation. Understand that words are powerful, and it's like that puppy dog. If you tell them you love them, you tell them you know, oh, good boy. Yes, you're, they'll keep wagging that tail and they'll keep loving you. But if you start coming at them, even if it's joking at times, it's going to cut both ways. So, next that, one. That's awesome. Okay, the next one that we're going to go over is quality time. So I also shared with you last week that when my kids were younger, my love language was acts of service because that's how I showed my whole family that I loved them and that I appreciated them. Um, As I grew up a little bit more and my kids grew up a little more and our life circumstances changed and I went back to work, it quickly moved into quality time because that's what I had less of. So if I have only an hour in my day to spend with someone and I choose to spend it with you, then that's showing you how much I care about you, right? So quality time is represented by a canary. So that is me. He is the puppy dog. I'm the canary. So would you mind diving yeah. into that one? So why a canary, right? Because the reality is you can say good bird, good bird all day long and <laughs> nobody cares. The bird doesn't care. Not in a little. Right? Um, you, you know, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, a bird will find its own food. Obviously, if it's not a cage, it'll find its own food. But a canary just wants you to listen to their song. And a canary can actually die from loneliness. And so that is, that's why, you know, they just want somebody to hear them. They just want somebody to be there by their side. They'll, they'll take care of all the rest and they don't care about, you know, gifts or anything else or what you say to them. They just want you to listen. And, and so for somebody who's caught for me, constantly thinking um, to be present and, you know, to be truly present with her. Right. And sometimes it's just, I fall asleep in TV shows. I'm not a good TV show watcher. I just, when my mind settles, I just turn it off, you know? And, but the fact that just being there with her in the same space as she does something, um, that, that lights her up. Right. So I'll let you speak to that. Yeah. And then from my perspective, Daniel used to always tell me, uh, honey, you are smoking hot or I love you or you look great today. Like all of those things. And I, I don't internalize words. Like, uh, honestly, I find humor, like humor is really high on my list. So <laughs> it does not bother me at all. Like somebody can make fun of me as long as it's funny. I'm like, that is amazing. Never hurts my feelings at all. But, but Daniel would tell me that he thought I looked beautiful or this or that. And that really wasn't what lit me up. It was him going out to dinner with me and sitting and listening to my song. It's him sitting next to me while I'm watching a show. And the weirdest example that I can give you is when I'm cleaning my closet, I really just want him to sit in there while I clean my closet because I don't want to be 
away from them. And it's not neediness. So let's, let's, yeah. let's separate that. Like I honestly don't need very much at all. I'm super self-sufficient, but if he's there and he's not busy, I want to spend quality time with him. But if I know I've got to go clean my closet, I just asked him to come with me. I don't mind doing the work. I don't want him to even fold anything. I just want him to kind of sit around while I talk and fold my clothes. Like that's it. It used to be so weird to me that I was like, I don't want to go and do that. I don't mind cleaning things, but I didn't want to be away from him. And once I understood that my love language had morphed into quality time, that was, it made all the sense in the world. So make sure that you understand the distinction between neediness and quality time so that you don't mistake the two, you know, not mistake one for the other. And you don't withhold that quality time thinking that it's neediness because that, that feels like withholding your love. The other thing about quality time is it's important that you're engaged. I don't mind. Yeah, it's quality and not quantity because we don't have a whole lot of extra time during a lot of, of phases of our life, whether it's little kids or whether you know, you're both running and gunning with a career, but it really is quality. So it's very important to the canaries in your life that you put your phone down, upside down, not just down, Yeah, upside down, Uh huh. and you slide it over to the side. If I'm talking and I'm telling him something and it doesn't matter if it's something important or not, if I know that he's not listening, it's just a little chink. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh man, yeah. and I will stop talking and just not in a rude way, but I'll stop talking until I've got his attention so that I can finish what I was saying. And he's gotten so very good at turning his phone upside down, pushing it over to the side and just giving me really his undivided attention. Even if it's only five minutes, I would rather have five minutes of undivided attention than an hour of divided. Yeah. And if, and if you are the spouse of that, right, it may not be your love language. And that's the thing. This is not about speaking your love language. Right. right. And that's, you know, it it will probably end on that note is that it's not about speaking your love language. It's about speaking theirs. And so taking the deliberate action, right? Like love. um, I I truly believe I'm going to pause right there Uh, actually. And I'll, I'll wait. And kind of save that at the end. Just don't let me forget. I know you weren't here. I'll actually write it down while we go to the next one because they don't care if I'm writing while we're talking. Okay. The next one that we're going to go to is acts of service. So acts of service is represented by a fish. Want to go into that one? Yeah. So you think about fish, right? They're in a, they're in an aquarium and they don't care. Um, if you talk to them, they don't care if you sit and watch them all day. They don't care if you leave them alone all day. All they care is that you get, you, you feed them. And you fix the castle and clean the bowl, right? That's all that they care about. And and so you think about like acts of service. Um, it really is. It's not here in my after kind of studying this and thinking about this. It's not so much. Um, it's not so much how big the service is. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you chose that person first, right? You put them ahead in your priority list, mm-hmm. and that is. I think that's what it is. And that's why, that's why we won't tie these together, but you will see in the book uh, in the noticer when he took the, he took the love language and put the four love languages mm-hmm. because he tied acts of service and gifts together mm-hmm. um, there. And, and, and because at the end of the day, like it, the, both of those, the kind of correlation there is that it's about choosing that person and making that person first at that moment in time. And so like, even if I don't like cleaning a house to me is like part of living. Like I don't get like, you know, doing chores. We don't pay the kids to do chores. Like that's just the cost of living in the house. 
Like you make a mess, you clean it up. That's how it feel. And so like, like, so when Ashley would clean the house, like, especially early on where a love language is like when we had kids, you know, younger kids, it was really about acts of service. Cause she was doing service all day long and I would get home from working and I'd leave my boots in the floor. Right. And she'd be like, oh, I might as well just told her she was ugly. Am I like, she, right. She, you know, Equal or, correlation there. or just ignored her completely. Right. And so it's, it, that's the same in my language. It would have been, she looked at me and said, wow, you are a complete dirt bag. Right. <laughs> um, but I didn't see that. And I left my boots in the floor after she served all day long. And, and so when you think about that on the opposite end is when I put my boots in the right spot, or I take that deliberate action to to serve her and to put her needs first, game changer. Total game changer. And what it does is it puts you on an upward cycle. Yeah. And, you know, you're either going up or you're going down. There's no staying in the middle when it comes to life, but especially your marriage. If you think, eh, everything's fine, we're good, it's okay, we're fine. If you're fine, it probably is a spiral downward and you don't know it yet because it's really slow, right? So he's exactly right. When I was big acts of service and I would clean all day and he would leave his boots in the middle of the floor, it's not the equivalent quite to like you're a dirt bag, but it's exactly (laughs) the equivalent to I don't appreciate you. So if he had come home from work after working all day and I said, I don't appreciate what you do. It would, I mean, it sounds terrible, right? Like even if you're not words of affirmation, you're like, Oh, that's terrible. That's exactly how it feels. Be an acts of service when someone doesn't appreciate what you do. So just keep that in mind. And I, I can't wait till we do get to the end of this and we get to tie it all together and show how it really does matter what the other person's love language is. And it, doesn't really matter what yours is when it comes down to, you know, loving your spouse or loving, you know what, appreciating people in your life. All right. The next one we want to go into is the one that correlates and ties in really with acts of service. And that's gifts. This is the one that was tied together. Gifts, we break up separately because there is, there are a couple of distinctions in there. And the gifts is represented by a penguin. So if you are, if your love language is gifts, you're a penguin. Yeah, and if you think about penguins and how they show love, the males go out and they gather rocks and they put it at the feet of their uh, significant other. And if I remember correctly, I think penguins are mate for life. And so, yeah. like, that's that's incredible when you think about that, right? It's incredible, like, you know, that idea that he's going to go out, venture out, gather the best rock he could possibly find and give it to her. And so that's why, you know, gifts – Gifts are, are kind of the pink are the penguin, and when you think about gifts, like gifts, it's not about you know the people who have. Here's the truth: I think there's people who are kind of ashamed that yes. gifts are their love language. Correct. Um, they but, feel that it's shallow, and they feel it's materialistic. Uh-huh. Um, and and I'll tell you, I don't think it is. Um, I, you know, I think they're you know, I think it's it's not about like the shiny diamond ring, right? That everybody thinks that a gift has to be the bigger, the more expensive, the better off it is. It's not about that. It kind of goes back to, I, you know, they, they're like, man, when my husband writes me a love letter and it's not even the words, it's like, we were dealing with this. We were talking with this one couple and she had gifts, but as she goes, it's not a ring. I don't need a fancy gifts. I don't even need flowers. But when he writes me a love letter, it's not even the words he writes. It's the fact that he took time to write me and give me a gift. He put me first yep. in his in his life, and so uh, that's something to think about. It's not it's not about the money spent. 
-hmm. It's about the fact that you chose him or her at that moment in time. And the other thing is, if you're a very practical person and you're married to someone whose love language is gifts, it is going to be more difficult for you to speak that language. But let me tell you that gifts, it is the, it is the easiest language to speak. If you can just take the practical sense out of your head, for instance, we have really great friends. She is a gifts is her, it's her love language. Do you know the thing that she wrote me after we talked, we had talked to her and her husband, the thing she wrote me about so excited was that he stopped on his way home to pick her up a cherry limeade from Sonic. Uh, uh, oh no, no, it was a Coke. I need to rewind that. It was a Coke from Sonic. And when we were talking to him, he was like, why would I pick her? He was like, I stopped to get a cherry limeade. Yeah. He was like, because you can only get a cherry limeade at, at, at Sonic. He said, but she's got Cokes in the refrigerator. So I don't get her a Coke because she got Cokes in the refrigerator. She always looked at that as him not choosing her because she loves Cokes from Sonic because of the great ice. Right. But also it's just the simple fact that he walked in and said, here, I thought of you. I stopped by. I got this for you. Yep. Here you go. She was over the moon about a Coke from Sonic, even though the same Coca-Cola was in her refrigerator. And I think that's the perfect example of it. It's just he thought of her. He acted on it and he brought it home to her. Yeah. So I think that's, oh, great. that's so good. All right. The last one that we're going to go over in the fifth of the, the fifth of the five love languages is physical touch. Physical touch is a cat. Now I will tell you right off the bat, we talked about it last week. There's a difference in physical touch being a love language and appreciation language than sexual touch, right? Between partners. You can absolutely have physical touch as your love language and you can be shown that from people that are not your spouse. Um, I told you last week that my son's love language is physical touch and that is definitely not the same kind of physical touch that you normally think about when you're talking about, you know, physical touch. So we want to dive into that a little bit because it's often misunderstood. Every man that you talk to will tell you their love language is physical touch without, yeah. without taking the test because they're like, Oh, that's what it is. It's totally different. So it's really important that all men take the test too. And they don't just assume. And the truth is a lot of men are physical touch as their love language, but it's not for the reasons that you think. Yeah. So kitty, like for a cat, right? Like why a cat? If you think about how does a cat show love, they rub up against your leg, yeah. right? They, they, they'll find their own food. They don't really care if you talk to them. They'll probably just look at you mean anyway. Right? And, <laughs> From on top of the refrigerator. Yeah. Because like the, they don't need your space and quality yeah, time. Right? Yeah. They don't need any of that. All, But when they want to show you love, right, they come up and they just rub up against you and purr and kind of just, you know, that's how they do it. And so that's why it's so cool to see that correlation. And that and that is what it is with the people who have this 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 touch, this uh, physical touch, uh, love language as their primary, like you'll see them They'll often just, it may just be a hand. Well, I'm leaning on your leg. It just, right? it just may just be just a, a light touch. Mm -hmm. So think about, here's the thing. If that's not your love language, you've got to make deliberate efforts mm -hmm. to do that. Like I know our, I know a couple who are amazing. Um, her, her husband's love language is physical touch. Mm -hmm. And so she goes out of her way not not sexual but just goes out of her way like when they're just sitting together she'll reach over and just touch him right and and it just puts it, it just puts him at ease and he knows all is right in the world right he, again she's not a, she's not she's a mother of, of three young kids and and so physical touch and that what you'll see is especially women who are mothers of kids and you could probably speak this a little yeah. bit more but like they 
they're touched all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so physical touch seems to be the last thing that they want to do. But she makes it a point to, you know, be that for her husband. And they have a great relationship because Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, You know, of course, many other things. But So think about it in a sense of if you're driving, if you're, your spouse that's physical touches driving down the road, simply lean over and put your hand on their back. It means a lot. If you're watching a movie, touch your feet together. You know what I mean? Hold their hand. But like Daniel was saying, that is a very difficult love language for someone that likes their space, like myself. So like I explained last week, my son's love language is physical touch. And it used to drive me crazy that he would sit right underneath me in the booth at a restaurant. Or if we were walking down an entirely empty street like main street usa at disney he is right underneath my armpit and it's hot and i did not want him there but what i didn't understand was that was how he was telling me that he loved me and that he appreciated me and if i push him off and say dude give me some space i'm rejecting his love and i'm saying that i don't love him as much so if you are a mom and you have little kids that are on you all day, especially if you're a nursing mom. It is the hardest thing for you because you literally have someone sucking the life out of you all day long. So you don't want someone touching you at all when you put the baby down, right? So it's really important that you find the ways to show your partner that you appreciate them. Because the truth is, if their love language is physical touch and you're nursing a baby all day and carrying a baby around all day, They can even start to get jealous of the physical touch that you're providing to all of your children and they're not getting themselves. So make sure that you go out of your way to show that very easy love language. If you can get over the, the, you know, the the spatial issues, because I like my space. (laughs) Yeah. And and don't assume like if you are not a love language, like if that's not your love language, but your spouse is, um, don't assume that if they're showing their love language to you, that it is sexual in advance, right? Right. So again, especially if a man is physical touch, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that it needs to move to other things. He just, because the thing is the opposite, just like Colin, right? If you reject it, you might as well, for my words of affirmation person, you, you know, say, Hey, I don't, I don't respect you. Or, Hey, I'm going to leave my boots in the floor, right? Like it's, it's, it's all the same to that person when you're like, ah, get off me, right? Or no, not, not tonight or whatever, right? Just under, accept that and understand that that person is just showing that, showing their love. And it doesn't have to mean, you know, you got to take it to the bedroom. All right. So we're going to wrap it up and we have to wrap it up quickly because we're running out of time. Yeah, sorry about that. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to go over when it's very easy to speak your own love language, right? So I am very adept at quality time and speaking that to other people. And I'm actually really good at acts of service because that has been my love language before. Because I don't value words, I have to go out of my way to use words of affirmation to show him that I appreciate him, that I love him, and that I respect him. It does not matter how great I am at speaking my own language It only matters how great you are at speaking their love language. So the way I want you to remember this is I may think that I'm a great wife. He may think that he is a great husband. But at the end of the day, he's the judge of whether I'm a great wife. And I'm the judge of whether he's a great husband. So you may give yourself an A on your report card in your marriage for yourself. 
but really it's the other person's grade that matters. So I think this is the time that you break it down and you find out really what your grade is and you don't get butt hurt about it if they say it's a B because maybe you just need to use a few more words of affirmation or maybe they would really love for you to put your hand on their knee while they're driving down the road. So it's important to gauge where you are and to be very realistic and to not be defensive in this because you're not the judge of whether you're you're good at this or not. And then I'd love for you to wrap it up. Yeah, I, I'll just I'll end with this and I'll just say that I believe any two people, and I truly believe this, any two people um, can live happily ever after. And I don't just say, I don't mean just married. I mean that they can be have a blissfully, happily ever after marriage. And that's what people should shoot for, right? But it takes a few, like, because people say, oh, we fell in love. Like, I do think there's certain characteristics that make people more compatible with all this other stuff. But I do believe that any two people can choose to be married and blissfully happy for the rest of their life. And it comes because I love is a choice, right? Love is action. Love is choosing that person every day. And that means that if my love language is words of affirmation, check. It's good to know. I'm not looking at her going, give me them words, right? I'm not doing that. I go, what's your love language? I want quality time. Okay. Well, when I'm busy, like I put my phone, when she starts talking, deliberately take it, flip it upside down. So she sees that she's got me locked in, right? Hey, will you come sit up here? I'm going to sit in a, a cramped closet like are we really going to do this but yeah i will because i am choosing her and whether it's words of affirmation uh physical touch you know uh you know gifts uh gifts access service or quality time it does like all of it boils down to you chose that person you put that person first and so if you do that whether no matter if you, I mean, I'll tell you, we've talked with a lot of folks who are at, at, at marriage death door and now they are blissfully happy because they started choosing each other every day. And that's a vulnerable spot to be in, right? If I only speak her love language, well, what about mine? What about mine, right? You got to speak their love language without any expectation in return. And here's what will happen. She will in turn or he will in turn start to speak yours. Um, and I truly believe that if you're both speaking each other's love language and choosing each other every day, uh, you can truly live happily ever after. So. Amen to that. All right. So I appreciate you all listening today. Make sure that you click subscribe on whatever device you happen to be listening in on. Come back next week for marriage vitamin number three. And in the meantime, get the quiz, find out what animal you are, find out what love language you are. But more importantly, find out what your loved one's love languages are and start trying to speak those a little bit more effectively and a little bit more often. Because no one's half the battle. Oh, because no. Look at that. <laughs> if you don't, if you're, if you're listening, I have a t-shirt on. It says the battle and it's like out of pie chart and it, half of it just says no one. Yes. Like the so, old G.I. Joe. So as G.I. Joe says. As G.I. Joe says. No, no one, one is, is half, half the, the battle. battle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Millhousing Nation podcast. To connect with Millhousing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com. 